second-hand marketplace. We're speaking upcycling the traditional sari into modern masterpieces. Now, the fashion industry is one of the most polluting and wasteful in the world. After garments have been bought and worn out, they are discarded with, leading to over 84% of clothes ending up in landfills or being incinerated. Some brands are turning these abandoned clothes into new pieces, reducing what would end up in landfills. Sari for Change is an example of this, and they focus on repurposing saris and making new modern clothing while maintaining the integrity of the traditional piece. Now, the sari is a renowned symbol of South Asian culture with its presence in art, and literature. The sari is a timeless piece rich with Indian history. The six to nine meter cloth is draped around the body, creating a versatile garment that is hundreds of different variations, unique to each of the 2,000 ethnic groups. Okay, so talking about this is uh, Iman Kaneji, who is head of digital and media at Sari for Change. Iman, good morning and thank you for joining us. Good morning, it's such a pleasure. So happy to be here. Great. Our time being 4.30 for those who've just joined us. Good morning and welcome to Sound Awake. Okay, so Iman, tell us about Sari for Change and how this came about. Okay, so as you said, like 80% of all clothing lands up in landfills and the fashion industry is one of the most polluting industries. Um, I think this was our starting point as Conscious consumers, it is our responsibility to always find new ways to innovate and provide products that are different and are solving um, the world's problems. You know, it forms part of the circular economy, the circular economy, economy being or aiming to redefine growth and focusing on positive society um, that entails grappling with economic, economic activity and designing a system that is waste free. Mm-hmm. Um, our founder realized that the six-meter sari could be a starting point, breathing new life into culturally rich pieces. So what we did is we upcycle. What we do is we upcycle the sari to create one-of-a-kind pieces. Um, but it's not just an upcycling project because we also aim to train women, unemployed women. You know, we have an unemployment rate of 32.5 percent, and joblessness is at all-time high. Uh, we offer skill development to uplift communities by equipping them with the necessary skills to earn for themselves. All this whilst upcycling the sari. So the sari, uh, the fabric actually is made of cotton. It can also be silk. It can be chiffon and organza. Can all these types of fabrics then be upcycled? Exactly. You know, we try and find a use for every piece of fabric, whether it is making a mask, uh, like a, a mask now during COVID, or making a, a tote. We try and find different products to make using the sari, not to waste anything. And I think that this this is so important because, again, 84% of clothing lands up in landfills. So we have to be innovative and, you know, it's constantly experimenting with different types of fabrics and being, okay, you know, we can redesign this and Used to make this product. We actually recently collaborated with a shoe brand, mm. and they're using bits of linen. And with the sari, we've incorporated that into their pattern. So it's always like an interesting journey, experimenting with what we already have, and seeing what we can use. We've started now incorporating pillows, pillowcases into our product development, and we're looking at jewelry now as well. Again, 
looking at the f- fabric, being what can we design using this bit of fabric? And it's just about being creative. Mm. Where do you source then your, your fabrics that you ups- uh, uh, upcycle? Obviously, you don't just go to landfills, right? No, no. So, <laughs> on the onset, when we started this project, we made a call to the Indian community. And um, what generally happens is saris are sent to ashrams in India. Mm-hmm. And now what's happening are the people are hearing about Sari for Change. And instead of sending it to India, they're sending it to us. And... I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful story as, you know, a lot of these saris great-grandmothers would wear and they, or grannies would wear and they pass it down to their kids, but people aren't necessarily, well, I would say the younger generation aren't really wearing saris anymore. And so they're finding new uses for it and giving it to an unemployed mother to work with, to create work for herself. And it's really just become this sacred economy or sharing economy where everybody is benefiting from this piece of fabric. Mm. And so, you know, we we receive saris from the Hindu community, that, and but we also buy in saris from um, organizations that um, focus on women empowerment. Okay, so talk to us then through the process of uh, your product development. You, you get the saris, and then what is that process like and how long it takes to get to... Well, like, I suppose it will be different uh, depending on the products, the different products. Exactly. So each sari is so different, and we try and keep to the original design of the sari. So once we receive the sari, and we receive bags and bags of saris, we, we sort through them, we gently wash them and you know clean them, um, because it is an upcycled garment that we're going to recreate. And then from there, you know, we have our product line. We have kimonos, um, kimono jackets. We have caftans. And that all requires a different sari. And we then have groups of women that work on, you know, different products. And they've become skilled in that. And, you know, we've trained them to understand how to work with a chiffon and mm. or how to work with a silk sari or how to work with a, a sari that's made of a ganza. And um, it's really just, it's, it's an opportunity to play because our work, each sari is so different, you know. Mm. It comes with different embellishments and beads and detail. And, you know, we're like, okay, put this bit of a sari as the trim on this kimono or use this bit of a sari on the collar. And mm. it's it's always just, fun. <laughs> yeah, quite a creative process as well. Exactly. So where are you based as Sari for Change and do you have different hubs in different areas? So we have our training hub in Dobsonville and we've tra- we partnered with a um, a primary school, Tabang Primary, and with the unemployed moms in the area there and we're currently rolling out two more. Um, but we have a studio that's in Northcliffe and we're also online for our black products. Okay, asariforchange.co.za. Dot com. Dot com. Let's talk then. You say, I mean, it's not just the, the, the textile side of things, the upsky, upcycling. I keep wanting to say upscaling. <laughs> <laughs> the upcycling side. But there also there's training hubs, as you said. You offer some education to women, and there's women empowerment projects that you are a part of. What happens there? So we have an unemployment of 32.5%. And, you know, what we realize is that a lot of women are relying on, or I would say a lot of children rely on schools to feed them. 
and we've partnered with the school um, in, in Dobsonville and um, we want to give women their dignity back by giving them, you know, relevant skills so that they can become more employable or they can start providing food for their families and send them through the this um, mentorship program where they learn business skills and various clothing making skills so that they become, can become more employable and earn for themselves and you know, regain that dignity where mm. they can put food on their tables and not necessarily relying on the schools to feed their children. And these are uh, communities, uh, black communities that you target, or it's it's uh, different communities? Oh, different communities, but predominantly, yes. Um, you know, it's a labor of love and just wanting to uplift people and provide dignity and hope and you know, that understanding that we all, we've all we all been given this God-given talent and how yeah. can we use this talent or how can we mentor people so that they can, I guess, believe in themselves, they can create something beautiful. So there's the one side then of the product that you are producing, but also there's the service as well. Exactly. Um, we've had quite a few women that have gone through the incubation program that have become entrepreneurs and that have become our suppliers and you know they've gone on to create their own businesses and it's always such a lovely story to see where they started and the hope that they've they've now they've got and it's just a beautiful story in the sense that everyone is sharing and learning from one another and the products then that come out of uh, Sari for Change, where are they available? Because we want to support the, those products to make sure that you guys keep running. So we are available online. So again, sorryforchange.com. And we are we have a studio in Northcliffe. And we recently um, are stocked at Nala House in um, the Leonardo Hotel in Santon. Uh-huh. And you, know, you can make an appointment and so welcome to come and see our product range. Awesome stuff that you're doing. So what's next then for you guys? I mean, we know COVID must have, you know, given you a bit of a speed hump. But what's what's next? What's the future Actually, plans? COVID was one of our busiest times, like because oh, really? we encourage women to work within their spaces. Oh, nice. Um, it was so lovely, like, you know, we could send them um, the saris. And at the time, there was a need for masks. There was like a, um, what was it, a... Um, a lack of masks. This is during lockdown level five, and it was, it was so lovely because we we encourage women to work within their spaces. Like this is what COVID has taught us, and we were already doing that. So it was just about getting the fabric to them. So it was it was a busy time for us, and um, yeah. And I would like to open up two more hubs and start exporting to the world and getting the story out there. Because we think that. This is the way that economies should be run. We should be innovating and thinking about how is it benefiting the community? How can we get the community more involved? And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and what do you need then? Uh, do you need sponsors, investors, that ty- type of thing? Um, I would say whoever wants to be a part of the story should get involved with our founder and, you know, we, we see how we can work together and collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Then we'll go to sorryforchange.com uh, for, for details. Um, are you mm-hmm. taking any new trainees at the moment? Yes, we are. We're always taking trainees. So everyone interested in pattern making or clothing making, you should just give us message us or send us an email and we're so happy to see where we can slot you in. All right, and, and uh, we need to buy as well. We mustn't just... Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> mustn't just go on the website. We need to support you guys. Yes, okay. thank you so much. Oh, it's our pleasure, Iman. We appreciate what you do and keep doing it. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Iman Ganiji is head of digital and media at Sari for Change. They are upcycling the traditional sari into modern masterpieces. So many uses. I mean, we heard cushions, we heard masks. I didn't even think of the masks because uh, honestly, with COVID, we needed that. Um, and, and then they also have the training side of things chatting to us here on uh, Sound Awake.